You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Cancer rates, which were previously reported to be lower in American Indian and Alaska Natives, have been shown to be increasing in the last 20 years. Cancer is the second leading cause of death among American Indians and Alaska Natives over the age of 45. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Joel Heller, and with me today is Dr. Linda Baranstepanoff, President and Grants Director for Native American Cancer Research in Pine, Colorado. Today we are talking about the types of research going on within the Native American community in reference to cancer. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. What is your involvement with research? Well, that's the major thing we do. We do a lot of educational research is our primary area, trying to increase the patient's ability to make an informed choice and to understand what's being offered to them and what are healthier options. We also sometimes work with providers on helping them improve the way they communicate and interact with patients, helping them learn how to work with patient navigators, or we call them Native Sisters in our program, to assist the patient. So we do, we actually have programs that expand the full continuum of cancer care from prevention through end of life. What kind of research is currently being done? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us some specifics? Sure. We have a Native American Prevention of Obesity Project that really focuses on energy balance, so it's healthy eating and uh, finding ways to increase daily physical activity because physical activity and healthy diet reduce more than a third of all cancers, as well as heart disease, diabetes, and, of course, obesity. We have a tobacco project that is working through the continuum of life, of preventing the initiation of habitual tobacco use in children, trying to find support for people who are using tobacco as either teens and adults and want to quit, and other support programs along that. We do referral and navigation into early detection and screening programs, specifically for breast and cervix cancer. Uh, We run navigation programs that cover all of it. We help anybody who needs to go in for a biopsy, help them once they're diagnosed through the continuum of care, getting access to care, helping them communicate with the doctor, identifying questions to ask the doctor, translating what it means into easy-to-understand language, uh, working throughout their treatment to their healing, recovery, quality of life, Palliative care, if they have chronic cancer, they can't be cured, but it can be controlled to end of life and end hospice care. So that's a lot of stuff. How are you funding it all? <laughs> <laughs> We're always underfunded. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's hard because funding goes up and down, and you get a program started that really is starting to take off. You know, but it's, it's called research, you know. You don't know what you're doing a lot of the times, and you find this a better way to do it. And sometimes the funders go, well, why didn't this work? It's like, well, that's why it's called research. <laughs> you know, so it's working with behavioral interventions and educational programs. One that's, that we frequently get asked about by providers is about clinical trials and how do you do effective outreach and really help get people into trials. And in our local program, we have more than half of the local Native survivors have been involved in a cancer clinical trial. It can be done. It's done in a more respectful way in the way that you talk with people. Daniel Peterwright is a radiologist from Rapid City Regional Hospital, and we partner with Daniel on his Walking Forward project. And Daniel has developed a very nice way to talk with Native cancer patients. And his concern is that Native patients have more side effects 
to external radiation treatment than do any other racial groups that come through their clinic. And so he's been talking with the tribes for several years, and with their permission and their support, he started a clinical trial program and partners with um, University of Wisconsin. And this one in particular deals with uh, a genetic biomarker. Uh, the ATM gene or spent um, uh, nucleotide. Uh, and, and what you have in this project is genetic research in our community is very controversial for some reasons that go beyond the scope of this interview. But with Daniel being so sensitive and with his support team and the great navigators who they have working with them in the community, Right now, they have 30 native cancer patients who have enrolled in this clinical trial and are helping to find out if this gene is why natives have more side effects to radiation. What have you found to be the most profound difference, if you found such differences, between the various tribes? The differences are sometimes amazing. Every tribe, and it's true with any patient that, that you deal with, you, you know this, that just because somebody is from one race or one ethnic group, you still have to tailor how you work and how you communicate with them one-on-one. And the same is true even within the tribes. So even if you're talking with people who are supposed to be from a tribe that's very assertive and very outspoken, you may find that the individual from that tribe isn't, that they may be very shy and very withdrawn. So you have to you have to tailor both for the tribe and for the individual, you know, which in some ways is not so different than what providers hopefully are doing anyway, but frequently isn't done. We find that using a slower pace of words, like I'm speaking very rapidly because I know these are providers who are listening to it. If I were talking to Native patients on this, my rate of speech is going to be, you know, closer to this. And I'm going to allow a much longer pause time. The things that you have to change. When you ask a question of a patient, you allow a good 30 seconds before, and you don't make a sound, and allow them to really think about how they want to answer the question. Uh, in Western communication style, we talk on top of one another's words. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so there. You know, but you go into any hall and you, you hallway and you hear people talking, and they're always talking on top of one another's words. And in many of our communities, not all of them, but many of our communities, there's a, there's a very long, respectful pause before the person will answer. And they figure if you jump in sooner than that, you really don't care what their answer is. So they just say whatever you want to hear. And that's been a very big challenge for us, um, in particular in our navigation program. When we first started doing this back in 1994, and I do the interventions with, with the rest of the team to see how they work. And, you know, I turned to the patient, and I said, well, do you understand what the doctor said? I'm like, oh, well, that was a stupid question, Linda. And, of course, what the patient did is she turned to me and she nodded her head. And what we learned is we had to change the way we asked the questions and say, you know, Grandmother, when you go home today and you talk to your sister, how are you going to tell your sister what the doctor said to you today? And then she'd say, oh, well, I'm not going to die. And the provider's mouth would just drop open. <laughs> he just would be like, she didn't understand anything I just told her, and I've been talking for 15 minutes. And it's like, that's right, he, she didn't. <laughs> so the communication styles are one thing that are quite different. In some tribes, it's not the majority of tribes, you're not supposed to look someone directly in the eye. 
it's considered to be disrespectful and invasive. Most tribes are very modest, but you'll find somebody who's supposedly from a modest tribe, and of course they're going to be the exception. They'll they'll say, no, go ahead and, and check this out. Some tribes will, uh, tribal members are encouraged uh, by their beliefs that you inspect them through clothing, so you don't actually are doing your physical examination on their skin, or not where you can see, where you can see skin texture or anything else. So it's it can be quite different. For, quite challenging, yes. You know, but again, I think providers deal with this all the time, but they sometimes, we have some generalities. Almost all of our tribes are very spiritual. We believe in approaching things frequently through storytelling. So you have a little questionnaire that maybe the intake person is trying to ask, and the native tries to respond with a story, and you need to listen to the story because the story will answer the questions in the intake, and you'll hear it in context. You know, but that's hard for providers to do, and especially when a provider is forced to limit his or her time to 15 minutes per patient. It's, you know, it's hard. You can't get it done in that amount of time. How about cancer screening and availability? You know, the things that we recommend and take as routine, screening for cervical cancer, screening for colon cancer, screening for for breast cancer. Is there availability? Or are there health care dollars? Are there places for, for the patients to go? Well, through the Centers for Disease Control, there are approximately 15 tribes that have been funded out of the 565 federally recognized tribes to provide breast and cervical cancer screening. Those programs do the majority of screening for American Indians and Alaska Natives in the country. Now, other tribes and Indian Health Service clinics have always done pap smears, pelvic exams and PAPs, and most of them, if, if they have clinical services, I should say. Example, our local clinic here in Denver doesn't have those type of services, so I couldn't get a PAP and none of our community can get a PAP directly from them. You have to go outside the service area um, to get it. The availability of mammography is much different, as well as is the availability of a clinical breast exam. And it's recommended that you have the clinical breast exam before you have the mammogram. Well, sometimes you can get a mammogram, but you can't get the clinical breast exam, and then they'll turn you away. That varies quite a bit. Indian Health Service itself, I think to date, only owns 25 mammography machines nationwide. You know, so it's not like you can go into any clinic and get it. It's going to be in big clinics like Wilma Mankiller Hospital at, at my um, home community in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, um, for Cherokee Nation. They've got mammography. They've got digital mammography. They're fantastic. You go down to Con Nation, which is not very far away, and they typically have to rely on mobile mammography units, and frequently those break down, and so they don't make it out to the community. In Wisconsin, there are some communities that are doing a great job. The Great Lakes uh, Intertribal Consortium has done some wonderful programs on cancer, and they're doing a much better job in getting access to screening and having better partnerships with the states and with cancer centers to provide it. But down the road from them is another tribe that has no access. Linda, uh, before we go, I, I wonder if you could uh, give your website uh, so people can find more information and find a way to give or participate if they're of the, that nature. Could you let our listeners have that? Certainly. Our website is http colon slash slash natamcancer.org. That's nat like native, 
am like American, and then the full word cancer. So natamcancer.org. And um, they can help in multiple ways. We need providers to help us answer questions that we receive over the Internet uh, about cancer and about other conditions that patients are experiencing. We need help with supporting more cancer patients. We have a project that's called the Memorial Fund that the money only is allowed to go for cancer patients and their family members. And then, of course, our overall program, we're a nonprofit 501c3. You want a tax write-off? We could really use the help. It would be wonderful. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Linda branch Tepinoff, who has joined us to talk about current cancer research and treatment being done within the Native American community. I'm Dr. Joel Heller. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.